People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Here we are again, and welcome once more to the Brothers Talk family den, kitchen, barbershop, backyard, corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism around support for the Black community. We know that whatever your political, ethnic, or even spiritual leanings, an undeniable fact is that other than Native peoples, no group has languished more in virtually every socioeconomic category than those of African descent with color. So we're here to spur on both the official and unofficial causes of reparations. Yes, we definitely want the nation to recognize its evil ways and address the vast inequities that the government has not only signed off on, but also enforced. But we also want to encourage so many to be supportive of the programs that are out there today, because we know that government enacted those that excluded us by design, but there are companies, groups, and individuals that you can do your part in acknowledging the inherent unfairness and inequality and doing your part to support Black businesses and efforts to provide a level playing field in health, education, employment, real estate, finance, and even government. And we're always welcoming our first-time listeners whom we hope will not only become long-time listeners, but also join us all in spreading the word about what we're doing. Remember, we originated relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide almost two years ago, and contrary to many others that came along in our wake and left, we're still here. We've got over 100 weekly podcasts to prove it. That's our commitment. And just before you hear from my brothers in the struggle uh, and the war on ignorance and indifference, we want to share our listener appreciation contest that will result in a listener getting the chance to honor us with your presence. All you have to do is tell us your favorite episode, guest, and or topic, and tell us why, and you could be our guest on our first Black History Month podcast that'll drop on Friday, February 4th. You can send your submission to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. We'll repeat it again at the end of the show, but now's your chance to let the world from hear from you and how you think. And here's my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hey, family. Uh, welcome to another week of the Brothers Talk, and we're keeping it real as usual. The thing that I talk about most, and that's the pandemic. And, and uh, right now, you know, I'm kind of at a loss of words as to where this is heading. Look like They've gotten this thing down to uh, what they wanted it to be, which pretty much to me was uh, something like the come the flu or coming cold, so that you can continue to get booster shots, uh, yearly shots, and it's all about money. So you know, follow the money. But in the meantime, you still got to keep yourself and your family and your loved one for safe. So go out there, get the vaccine, practice social distancing. 
wear your mask. And the last thing I want to say is we got to do more in terms of supporting black businesses, supporting black folks and starting black businesses. Norm? Thanks, Scott. And I'm not going to mention anything or go back into the pandemic because I think you covered that well. And that's you know something in regards to the health of our communities that we need to put at number one as far as an issue goes. But I just want to wish everyone a happy new year to our listeners, community, and, and just our fans and, and who, who've helped us get this far. And I just want each one of us to take one step forward two, if possible, this year in regards to doing better, getting better, and pushing towards our goal of uniting the community and just uplifting the level of our accomplishment. Rod? This week, we're returning to a topic that keeps rearing its ugly head across the country like the Hydra, the mythical creature that had many heads, and whenever one was chopped off, two or more would appear in its place. No matter how many times CRT is proven not to be a real thing that's being taught in any schools across the nation, including undergraduate curriculums, it keeps reappearing as the latest racial dog whistle. Well, this week, we want to again, as is our habit, to approach the subject from a different perspective, that of the children, because the most common call to arms amongst these error-prone white parents and the few Black ones who collaboratively support them is that CRT is going to make the little white boys and girls hate themselves, that they're being taught that being white is evil and they should feel guilty. Now, just a quick primer for the one or two of you who are still wondering what all the fuss over CRT is about. Critical race theory or CRT is a concept developed from the writings of Harvard Law School professor Derek Bell in the 60s that was and still is primarily a graduate level study of relationship between the law and racial inequality. In other words, the correlation of inadequacies of how the law is applied when race is factored in. The funny thing is that even its most ardent opponents wouldn't disagree with that premise, especially as they've been witness to the George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor cases, among the many others that have been in the news over the last two years. But what has happened is racism and the inherent lack of critical thinking that it requires have been stirred up by the race mongers because they know that it's low-hanging fruit. Make up a lie for those holding on to the fragile construct of white supremacy a lie that they can't or won't bother to think through critically because of their racism, and they'll drink the Kool-Aid down to the last drop with no consideration of the poison that was used to sweeten it. So the simple lie goes like this. CRT is a retelling of history that says there are no good white people because they are all evil and responsible for slavery and every terrible thing that occurred in, in the history of this country. And it's designed to harm the psyche of the innocent little white children everywhere by teaching them that they are superior. Now, you definitely heard that last part right. They believe that CRT teaches white supremacy to white children and that other ethnic groups are inferior. And that's why they're against it, because CRT is teaching racism. Yep, go figure. But that's the insanity of the logic behind those opposing CRT. Now, what I find really interesting is that in my experience working with youth groups, and that includes both black and white children, as well as other ethnic groups, I haven't seen any evidence empirical or otherwise that supports the notion that A, kids are even thinking about CRT, or B, that they've been in any way impacted by it, namely because it doesn't exist. 
but also because today's kids aren't really being caught up in their parents and grandparents' racism. You know, the thing about CRT, and uh, Rod, you might have spelled it out, that it was critical race theory. Uh, the thing that, that, that concerns me and bothers me, and, 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 and I don't want to say confusing, is the fact that uh, the, the folks who are supposed to be defending critical race theory is just doing a real, real, a terrible job of it. Because what's the alternative? Even though we're not, uh, CRT is not being taught in K through 12, uh, but the, like you said, Rod, the, the uh, race monger, uh, Mongols have basically hijacked it as a way to, it's a way to hijack the school boards the same way that they're doing in local municipalities. So they are hijacking the school board so that they can determine what can be taught to our kids and and what not to be taught to our kids. Uh, the thing is, they're just wrong. I mean, because like like I said, what's the alternative? We've been teaching, we've been, they've been allowed, and we've allowed white folks to write these books and teach a false history about black people and slavery for the last, what, 400 plus years? You've been teaching a lie. And yet we're supposed to be okay with that. We're supposed to be okay with you teaching this lie so that you can go, you can continue to keep teaching lie, but we can't teach the truth. The truth can't be told to our kids and to the rest of the country and the white folks who are ignorant to the impact uh, of what the impact was that slavery had on the black community. So you have a lot of people out here who don't think that racism should be a factor in anything. Racism shouldn't be a factor when you talk about reparation. Racism shouldn't be a factor when you talk about uh, redlining and the way that black people have been treated in this country. But yet they're, they're winning, look like they're winning the battle, they're winning the fight right now to uh, uh, restrict true history from being taught in the high schools and in, in K through 12. Well, just in my opinion, you know, um, it has been used by the GOP and, and the, the, the ignorant side of this country as a wedge issue, which is a great wedge issue because it, it deals with race. And that's something that they know will galvanize their base to move their other agendas forward because the people will be so stuck on this issue. And to hear people talk about CRT who've never taken the class, who've never studied anything in regards to what it is, speak on it, it's like 99% of these people, they don't even realize know what it is. And, and that's the country we're living in. That's why we have this podcast to basically point these things out. This goes far beyond what's being taught or any of the history that they're teaching or the books, this is about their ability to control the narrative for the country by using this as a wedge issue. Well, you know, what you said there really sparked a thought in my mind about how much of a flashpoint race really is because there is no logic involved. Once you start the dog whistle around racism, you notice that the same people who should be concerned about things like the truth, who should be concerned about things like the economy, who should be concerned about things like the environment, they suddenly all unite around this racist trope. 
and they will actually allow the power structure that is controlling the narrative to keep them from being able to see that while they are looking at something that is imaginary, that's mythical, that doesn't exist, they are literally having their futures robbed right in front of their faces because they're so blinded by racism that they are missing the fact that, as you said, Norm, it's Republicans, but it's also the Democrats, like you said, Scott, who are doing such a poor job of really spelling out what CRT is. It's amazing that for every time we hear somebody come out and oppose CRT, that they're in the chorus of people from the other side, starting with the ineffectual Congressional Black Caucus and literally every other Black educator, as well as the so-called liberal white educators who should be on the steps of every municipal building, on the steps of the Capitol, saying, stop it, because that's not what CRT is. But we know that that won't be the case because we still have people who look at January 6th and who look at the Civil War and call them insurrection and a war for states' rights instead of just coming out and saying that was treason and those were traitors to our country. Yeah, it's amazing how the the right is allowed to muddle the water and confuse people. Uh, and they do it a lot. And it's a winning formula for them. I mean, just look at what they've done with demonizing the, uh, the vaccine and demonizing wearing masks and, and demonizing the fact that, you know, the Corona virus actually exists. They are saying that, you know, Hey, it's not real. And they said so much that that people start, oh, okay. They, I don't, I don't think that they believe them. Everything. Some people don't believe what you're saying, but they're just like indifferent. So it's like, who cares? So what? So what if it's real and it's killing people? Because they they minimize the impact of it so much. And it's the same thing with CRT. They out here talking about you're trying to brainwash our kids and all of this nonsense that's not true. Uh, and then the the Democrats and the left are slow to come to the game with the truth and say, okay, what's the alternative? Like I said, what's the alternative to keep doing what we're doing? What's wrong with telling the truth? That's the thing that 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 burns me up is I don't hear nobody saying that the folks who have the megaphone who have who have a real platform, a big platform. I don't hear them saying, what's wrong with telling the truth about? What happened during slavery? The impact of slavery. What what's wrong with that? You know, and, and most of these people who are probably uh, uh, objecting to it and who are attacking school boards, I promise you, majority of them are gonna say that they're extremely religious and they believe in God and church and religion, all that, all that. That's what they're hiding behind. That's their justification. Well, as we said many a time here, the Democratic Party is just the other side of the same coin, you know, and we have the CBC, which really, they're the voice for no one other than corporate America, because we have an agenda here in Black America, and they haven't had one issue, they haven't stood and been the voice of one issue for this community, not one. But beyond that, they're a part of the same machine, as far as I'm concerned, as the GOP, you know, and not being that voice. 
what we have to recognize, as I, as I mentioned before, and, and uh, Rod, you basically you know, said the same thing, is that they're a part of the same machine in just re in their realization of the constituency in this country and how dumbed down they are and what they have to feed them so they can serve corporate America freely and clearly. And that's actually what's happening here. Yeah, and as we look at the Democratic Party, I continue to be disappointed with a lot of the things that they do. And some of them are subtle, but after a while, they start to become, I guess, a little louder in my mind. It's like when I look at the January 6th commission, committee, if you will, in the House, you know, Benny Thompson seems like a nice enough fella, seems like, you know, a good guy. But does Benny Thompson inspire anybody to believe that he is a firebrand for equality and justice? You know, he just looks like somebody's mild-mannered uncle or grandfather up there. And that, to me, isn't the voice or the face that you need of someone whose job it is to get to the truth, to get to the facts. And that's just one more example, because I said, you know, you do have people in the Congressional Black Caucus who are much more activists. And I don't think this was a time where you needed to run from the idea of being more partisan, because it was very clear that you've got a lot of folks on the other side who are guilty of sin in terms of the planning and execution of it. And you needed somebody who was going to put the fear of God, in my opinion, in them as that they're coming for them. And I'm sorry, but Benny Thompson just is not that guy, in my humble opinion. You, you, you're right, uh, Rod. Benny, uh, I kind of get the same he doesn't. He doesn't give. It doesn't give me a lot of confidence that when. It, but but because of the fact that Liz Cheney is co-chair, kind of give me some some. Uh, uh, I'm optimistic uh, because I do believe that white folks are paying attention to what she's saying. You know, they may uh, some of them are uh, uh, staunch Trump supporters. But I do believe that a lot of people are listening to what she's saying because she's on that committee to make sure that it's done, Sarah. Well, you know, I, I kind of said what I wanted to say in regards to this point. And if anything, as a message to my community and our friends and our fans, we have to begin to organize. We have to be that voice of reason. We have to take that responsibility because there's no one else. We here are it. We are the leadership. We are the people that we've been wait looking for and waiting for. And we've got to carry that weight. So we're doing anti-racism work with some youth groups here in New Jersey. And it's incredible how much more knowledgeable they are about the real issues and how little they are affected. So there you have our take on CRT and young people. So let us know what you think. In our Black Professional Spotlight this week, we want to remind you in existing and aspiring entrepreneurs out there, there's plenty of money available in the form of grants and funding opportunities. And a good source to find out about them is the website blackbusiness.com. They are one of the sources of the people and businesses we feature here, but lately we haven't seen any new content there. So while we hope that they haven't gone dormant, you can still access their page on grants and funding. So check it out. 
That's a wrap for another program. And God willing, we'll keep shining the light on the issues that impact our community and on the path to a better future. Don't forget our listener appreciation contest that all you have to do is tell us your favorite episode, guest, and or topic, and tell us why. And you could be our guest on our first Black History Month podcast that'll be broadcast on Friday, February 4th. You can follow and send your submission to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.